What's going on, everybody? And thank you guys for checking us out. In today's episode, there's no show sheet. It's just free form. It's Adam and I just going back and forth over some of the latest news regarding free agency and how it pertains to our thoughts on Dynasty and how we're moving forward with our rosters. So kick back. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope, again, it finds you safe and well during these crazy times. And uh, enjoy the show. (laughs) And here are your authors. Chris Allen and a- a- Adam. Yeah, like while it's completely outside of how they were building their team, because like Chris Ballard, I thought was completely like it seemed like he was more uh, on the analytical side of how to build a team. Like when they right. were when they still had Andrew Luck and they knew he was coming back, investing in offensive line, shedding as many contracts as they possibly could to make sure they had like a ton of cap space. And sure, and then he leaves. They still have a ton of cap space, so they could pay Jacoby like what they should have in order to essentially upgrade him from backup to did. starter, which they did, and that was smart. But mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't really like do fifteen mil a year. Yeah, I mean, to me, that years. was smart. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, very smart. But he already knew the system. He was already doing fine. Um, I don't know. You had some young guys. I think that they were on the. They were doing fine. You had a running back. You had you let Ebron go, which was smart. You kept Jack Doyle because they were just stepping on each other's toes. I mean, mm-hmm. Ebron was pretty much doing what Jack Doyle was doing every time Jack Doyle got hurt, and then Doyle would come back and do what Ebron was doing. So that was good. Yeah. And then presumably Ty will be healthy again next year, however long that'll last. Um, Paris Campbell probably going to get rid of Funches. But mm-hmm. no more Dion came, but they have uh, Darius Fountains coming back for whatever that's worth. I mean, he was a seventh round yeah. pick, but he looked all right. Yeah. All right, well, you want to put this these thoughts on the show? Yeah, let's actually uh, let's actually do this. I hate it when we do that. We just start talking, and then it's like <laughs> shit. We actually should have like said just this, <laughs> just like actually said. And now this, we're gonna like, forget all the shit that we said. We're gonna forget it, and then uh, yeah, and then now we're, we're gonna, gonna be have like to... Philip Rivers sucks. Yeah, it's like he's terrible, and <laughs> he was bad on this one game. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like, we're going to wind up forgetting like most of this stuff, but all right, well, here we go. Well, let's just, let's just get into it, man. Uh, welcome back, everybody. We're here. We're doing this. We're live. Um, I think the easiest way to, I guess, talk about fantasy football is, I guess, by, I'll just say it. I mean, we need to acknowledge what's going on in the world around us. Adam and I, at least for myself, uh, I think we've kind of stayed in the background and kind of felt mm-hmm. out the the pulse of the fantasy community uh because of everything that's going on in uh in america right now so it just we're hoping everybody this finds everybody well i uh, hope this finds everybody healthy and everybody's uh at least being safe uh, regardless of what you think about what's going on around you uh i, I do hope that uh, again, this finds you well. Everybody's safe, and uh, that continues to be the case. And uh, we can all get back to our hobbies, the things that uh, this thing that we find to or we try and use to be a distraction uh, that we use to connect with each other, uh, because that's what gives us that was brings us some sense of joy, like in this Absolutely. crazy, crazy world. Uh, but we appreciate you guys for sitting down with us tonight. Uh, I think I think the free agency, I guess. Uh, when it like free agency broke, I think that was kind of the I don't know the the turning point for a lot of us, at least for the next couple of days as the news continues to fly around and uh, that was kind of our you know, kind of our impetus to get back behind the mics and uh, kind of I don't know, spend some time with you guys uh, because we've got some news we've got a bunch of deals we've got trades uh, we're just waiting I guess right now for the final word on where Tom Brady is going to play. Uh, so with all of that, I mean, we're well past the combine uh, and now we're 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 getting closer or edging closer to the actual NFL draft. But uh, free agency is here. And that's what we wanted to sit down, I guess, banter about tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to talk about, like, get our reactions to the latest free agency news, our thoughts on what that means from a dynasty perspective and uh, kind of get into how we would approach 
I guess, the changing values and the changing landscape of the fantasy football community. Is that about right, right Adam? Yeah, and you all have just Chris and I tonight. And uh, as Chris mentioned, we're just kind of doing a banter show. We're just having fun with it because it's it's an obligation. You have to talk about the free agency period, and you're going to hear so many very, very smart people talking about fantasy implications and what it may or may not do to their target shares because you don't get to take – uh, you don't get to keep your targets, as Peter Howard will gladly tell you. So uh, that all that will be discussed in so many podcasts that are on your list. And uh, today we kind of we're not going to take a deep dive like that. We're going to have some fun with it with our Dynasty Banter episode, and we're going to just talk about our initial thoughts on these guys. And pretty much the big the big uh, balls have dropped so far. I mean, uh, Tom Brady hasn't officially went to Tampa Bay, but I'm pretty sure by the time you hear us discussing this, he will be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And then we also want to talk about some projected spots. I mean, Cam dropped pretty late for uh, being up for trade negotiations that uh, he may or may not have requested. It seems like he didn't. Uh, So that'll be fun to talk about, too, where he might land after it kind of did him a disservice, honestly, and probably the best player that's ever been in their organization. And they kind of did him dirty. I mean, he's got a very late start on all these quarterbacks who I view as inferior to him. I I think he's the best quarterback available, including Tom Brady and including Jameis Winston. Yeah, that one was uh, that one. That one's kind of hard to to watch unfold. And I think most folks that were uh, staying, uh, I guess, uh, watching the news and checking in on some of the uh, the interviews that some of the like the from the owner to the new head coach, uh, it seemed like they weren't sold on Cam Newton. And and I don't know. I mean, we're not uh, we're not there with him. We're not we're we don't we're not talking with uh, his his doctors on a daily basis. So it could be a function of he's just unable to pass a physical at this point. The injuries and all yeah. that could be a part of it. But if that were the case, they would have to disclose that information to other teams, and they wouldn't let him seek a trade if he were just going to fail a team physical, anyways. So that's where I'm kind of at on that. I don't necessarily believe that he's not physically able to perform because if that were the case, uh, he wouldn't be up for trade. I mean, you can't really trade him with that caveat. I I guess you could if both teams agreed to it, but nobody was going to agree to that. I mean, how many times have we seen a player be all but um, signed with a team and then they – don't pass their physical and now they're no longer going to that team. So, well, to me, it sounds like they're just about to release them. I don't think trade is even, I think they're making it sound like they were going to trade, but then after cam came back and said, this is not what I want. Uh, I, to me, the writing on the wall sounds like they're just going to straight up release them. Maybe I, I think I saw, I will check again before I put out how much uh dead cap that will give them. But I, I don't know if they release him. That's a totally different story. He probably wasn't, physically ready to perform um but i i felt like i saw a report after um he had his instagram moment that you couldn't really read uh, that said he's able to seek a trade um mm-hmm. so it looked to me like his agent was looking for a trade partner i don't know what you would have to give for him at this point because like you said they they probably want to release him at this point anyways i mean when the owner puts out a statement that you know Hey, it was nice having you before he even gets you traded. You're probably gone one way or another. Right. I think they, they probably they've made their decision on what they want to do moving forward. I mean, they've essentially I don't know if uh, there, there's been inked or, you know, uh, pen to paper yet. Uh, but I don't uh, but I'm assuming both sides have agreed on the Teddy Bridgewater deal. So I'm assuming they've already signed or at least are 99 percent of the way there towards signing the guy to replace him. So it just to me, uh, it seems like they're they've already made their decision on what they're going to be doing moving forward. And it's to me, yeah, it's just uh, I don't. It's it's kind of wild to me that with everything that with the lengths that like even Cincinnati took, I mean, to make sure that Andy Dalton was like cool with being benched with yeah. the way that they're treating his whole trade situation, it just seems like the uh, the way that. Uh, they handled, I mean, the way that they're handling the situation is, is much, much different uh, than I've seen a lot of teams uh, treat a guy that like literally took them to the Super Bowl and has put his body on the line for won a number of seasons. Yeah, I mean, gone and won the MVP. Uh, I mean, it's just that that's really rough to see. Yeah. Uh, where, well, we see where we see the, the quote unquote business side 
of sure. the NFL, and this is what happens. I mean, they let go of Ron Rivera, who I think is one of the better head coaches in the entire NFL, just right. because he wasn't the direction they wanted to go. So the team's fully comfortable. Now, it's a little weird that Teddy Bridgewater is the direction that they wanted to go. So I think that's going to be something to do with the injury. But, um, I mean, that's it's we're speculating, but he's leaving one way or another. So let's try to figure out where we want him to go. I mean, I see three options, uh, Bears, Patriots, or Chargers right now. Do you see anybody else? No, I think that's it for right now because most other spots either have like guys on rookie deals or even like established veterans. So it doesn't make much sense to me uh, in order for him. I mean, the Bucks would have been fun until this Tom Brady news like came up. And I think that would have been like his the best spot for me personally, because uh, I mean, we'll get into the Tom Brady discussion uh, here later. But in terms of being able to um, you know, throw a deeper ball or have like a, mm-hmm. you know, a like a higher dot slash yards per attempt, I, I think that uh, it would have been better for Cam Newton to be there versus Tom Plus, plus Bruce Arians has shown an affinity to work with quarterbacks. I mean, I saw somebody tweeted earlier, I wish I could remember who it was, about uh, an article that was done with Bruce Arians and Ben Roethlisberger about basically just molding the offense to whatever Ben Roethlisberger wanted mm-hmm. and uh, giving him the kind of keys to the castle and letting him. Did the same thing with play. Carson Palmer, was it four years yep. ago? So, yep. I mean, so that would have been amazing. And that would have been also, you know, how Cam is. He would have loved to stick it to uh, pa- the Panthers two times a year. And I was really excited for that. I thought that would be an amazing landing spot for fantasy. Um, probably not an uptick because Jameis will just chuck it. And that's fantastic for fantasy. But uh, it would be a lot less of a down downfall than it is from Jameis to Tom Brady. That's for sure. But yeah, of the available spots. I want. I just want to see him in a Patriots uniform so bad, but that would be the worst fantasy location for him. I just think it would be so cool to see that Cam Newton number one in a Patriots uniform. But honestly, their offense looks to be abysmal, and uh, I don't want much to do with it. So I think I'd rather him go to the Chargers. That would be my preferred spot. Um, and also, I think with the team and with, I guess, the fantasy community by itself, uh, let's not even think about where the team is at right now. But the fantasy community was already like kind of warming up to the idea that so, like a player like Tyrod Taylor was going to at least be the bridge quarterback like for the Chargers like coming up next year with Rivers already gone. So if they were like most folks were already warming up to the idea of Tyrod like being being the bridge quarterback for the future. I mean, why not have a Tyrod plus? Right. Cam Newton, again, assuming he's healthy, but why not have a Tyrod Plus as your starting quarterback for the next, let's say, if they give him a, at least a minimum three-year deal, something like that? Sure. He's not old. No, he's, he's not. not. Uh, and, that, you know, I, I really hope it's not an Andrew Luck situation where he's just physically not able to play any more football. Right. Um, but if it's not an Andrew Luck situation, you could have – because he's not Six, even yet thirty-one. Seven, thir- I think he's thirty, going going to be thirty-two this year. You could have six or seven more years of Cam Newton, and healthy Cam Newton is one of the most electric electric players in the NFL. Not just quarterback players. I mean, the energy he brings to the field is just it's fun to watch. It's good for fantasy. So people just wrote him off because he missed a season. Well, that, that he was injured. That happens. Um, and now he's being released, so he's going to come into a, as a value in fantasy, no doubt. Yeah, no I, doubt. I, so let's look at Cam Newton's like dynasty value as of right now. I've got uh, DLF's uh, QB dynasty rankings like pulled up. Uh, this is the last time this was updated. It was obviously before the latest news, but uh, according our, our consensus rankings like over on DLF uh, have Cam Newton at QB fourteen. Now, based off of the, I guess, the logical spots that we have him, uh, that he may go to as of right now. So we're thinking Bears, uh, we're thinking Chargers, I mean, hell, I'll say it. I mean, maybe Patriots. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, of the available spots, like with with quarterback uncertainty, that you could fill, you could actually fill that role and be the starting quarterback. So say he falls into one of those three spots. Um, He go up. He go down for you. He kind of stay like at that spot because we have him like right behind Matthew Stafford at QB thirteen, right yep. ahead of Sam Darnold at QB fifteen. So you're so for you as long as he lands in a legit starting role, you're not moving him up or down. <laughs> All right, here's my advice for this show. 
I've already said costed. I've already let you know that, <laughs> that it's a banter episode, but I'm going to give some real advice. You buy him right now because there's not a single team in the entire NFL that he could go to that he wouldn't be at least QB 14. It's not going to happen. He, You put him on the worst situation. I think that the pa- Patriots are actually one of the worst situations that he could go to. He will be better than the QB 14, assuming that he's healthy. And he's not going to start if he wasn't healthy, presumably. So let's assume we're getting healthy, Cam. No way in the world that he should be QB 14. Uh, shouldn't be anywhere near Sam Darnold. I know it's dynasty, but we just mentioned he's not that old earlier. So that's my advice. He's a huge buy right now just because – He's going to start somewhere. Um, Barring injury, I'll keep saying that because I don't want my head chopped off if he is hurt. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I'm not his doctor. But if he's he's not hurt, QB14 is just unbelievable. He can't go anywhere that he's going to be worse than QB14 because he's going to run. His legs were not affected. He's going to run. Yeah. I think that, I mean, to me, that makes the most sense because I, I, I can't see a team picking him up without having i mean he'd have to have his medicals disclosed like prior to so he'd have to he'd have to have pass a physical no matter yeah what. he'd have to pass to pass a physical so i mean for all of that i mean you're going to tell me you're getting a healthy healthy cam newton uh team's going to likely sign him to be to be the starter so yeah i mean as of right now there's some risk associated with it uh but he's not even 30 years old or not even 31 years old yet yet so I mean, if you want to have a, at least a quarterback for the foreseeable future, I mean, we're, we always talk about having a three-year window. My assumption would be that that would be about the about the length of a deal that we put in place, like for whichever team signs him. So you're getting him for that length, you're getting him for that window, so why not invest? Yeah, and I said he was turning 32. He's actually turning 31 this year. So you're right, he's not even 31 yet. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to another guy that's been affected. Uh, Cam Newton's out. Teddy Bridgewater's in. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, this is where, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to separate fan from analyst when I thought, when I think so about Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, because I mean, <laughs> we, we were all, I mean, the dynasty community, the fantasy community in general was so excited to see Teddy Bridgewater get a shot when he was still in Minnesota, gruesome leg injury moves to, you know, he's, he gets picked up by new Orleans. We're thinking he's going to, he's going to be the heir apparent to, to the saints after Drew Brees hangs it up, sits behind Drew Brees. And even when Drew Brees went down last season, he performs well, undefeated sure. as a starter, mm-hmm. like when uh, when Drew Brees was out. But I guess my thing is, does he have like does he have enough talent at this point to actually carry a franchise to go 16 games and still perform well? I mean, are we still holding on to what we saw in Minnesota, that hope we still had in Minnesota the flashes that we saw from him in New Orleans, I mean, are we still holding on to that? Or could Teddy just be an average quarterback? He could still could be good. Don't get me wrong. But is he that will he still meet our expectations of what we had over the past like two or three seasons? And I don't know. So here's the thing. Okay, so let's start here. They the reason that they say that they've moved on from Ron Rivera, presumably for Cam Newton, they want to be more analytically driven. Um, so going forward, to me, that seems like they're going to take more shots um, and they're going to be more creative, maybe more like we saw with the Rams two years ago, where you had a lot coming out of one set, just trying to confuse the defense, things like that. No matter what, I expect creativity. So I don't believe that they brought Teddy in to carry anything. Um, I do believe that they brought him in to not mess up. And mm-hmm. people think that's bad. It's not because you're getting the ball into Christian McCaffrey's hands. Amazing in space. You're getting the ball into Curtis Samuel's hands. Amazing in space. Uh, DJ Moore is going to create all the separation in the world. It, it's okay for Teddy Bridgewater to not be great for fantasy, uh, for right. real life, for fantasy. Mm-hmm. That's okay to us because he's going to get the ball into these guys' hands. I mean, you can cite his uh, yards per attempt last year. They weren't good, uh, but Michael Thomas still succeeded. Um, Alvin Kamara still got his targets. So they're not going to ask him to do a lot, but it's going to result in fantasy points. That offense, the creativity, the analytic strive is going to result in fantasy points. So I think Teddy's going to go underrated just because kind of what you said. I mean, he was just starting to get good. I mean, we were just starting to give him credit with the Vikings, and that was in 2015. Mm-hmm. I think. So it nobody's going to think that he's fantastic. And then they're going to see last year's yards per attempt were pretty bad. Um, wasn't the most accurate in the world. 
you, it's I don't think it's going to matter in this offense. I think he's going to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, he's still got wheels. He can still move if he needs to. He's going to extend the plays. So I think that it's going to pro- – and uh, Stompy was talking about it on Twitter earlier about Curtis Samuel. I, I think it, you don't really need Curtis Samuel as the deep ball guy if they're going to get creative in this offense. I've said it before. If you could utilize Curtis Samuel kind of like uh, the 49ers tried to with Debo Samuel last year, it you, you, they just got him the ball. I mean, they even put him in the backfield sometimes. I think that's what they'll need to do with Curtis Samuel, and, and he'll produce. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And with the uh, with the talent that's around that team, I mean, yeah, you would. I think you would like to see uh, like a a no doubt legit alpha wide receiver in somebody like Michael Thomas, kind of helping to pull your quarterback, maybe your inexperienced quarterback, or even your older like flailing quarterback so a la like Odell Beckham and Eli Manning kind of like mm-hmm. that talent like pulling your quarterback like into at least some sort of like relevancy uh, you would like to see that and to say that I don't know if DJ Moore is I think DJ Moore is a very good wide receiver but do I think that he is at the same level as a Michael Thomas as an Odell Beckham I don't think he's there yet I think he can be good and make in like kind of uh I guess uh, compliment like Teddy Bridgewater, but I think he has an ability to pull him into, I guess, being like a, a like a legit like top twelve like quarterback. I don't think he's really at that level yet, but I do agree with you that for a guy like uh, Curtis Samuel, yes, I mean we we were uh, I think it was on the the mailbag from probably like it was like last month or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but when we were noting the fact that towards the end of last season, I mean Curtis Samuel he's not he doesn't have to be the deep ball guy. Like sure he's athletic, sure he can. Uh, I forget what is uh, what was his forty time was he four 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 three like some fourth guy at least four, yeah that's fourth, what I thought. Four. I mean, yes, he's athletic. Yes, he can stretch the field, but they were starting to use him as like let's get the ball in his hands. And let's see like what he can do with the ball in his hands. Let's see if he can still take the ball in the backfield. Let's see what happens if we just give him uh, like short like drag routes or crossing mm-hmm. routes. So it's just that, yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to be a huge win for Teddy because we're not asking him to do a ton. We're not asking him to fit the ball into like a six inch window across the middle of the field. No. But we can use the guys around him to help build his confidence to the point where he can do that. I know that everybody's already talking up the uh, the fact that he'll know most of the nomenclature, uh, having yeah. uh, you know work terminology, with, yeah, the terminology and all that, like with uh, with Brady and like in his staff and and whatnot. So that's great. But now let's see if we can now turn that into let's integrate that with uh, I guess working with his receivers and they're young mm-hmm. and they can develop together. And I wouldn't expect much in 2020. I like to see DJ Moore take a step forward. I'd like to see Curtis Samuel realize some of those unrealized air yards from 2019. Right. But let's let's not stack too much on top of them because this is a team that has indicated in a lot of ways that they're rebuilding. I mean, with the way that they're shedding contracts, with the way that they're, I mean, they just let, uh, what is it, James Bradbury go. I mean, they're, they're moving stuff in order to position themselves for excellence down the road. So while we're still liking what we see from Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Ian Thomas now, like, you know, moving mm-hmm. up with, um, uh, not Gr- not Jimmy Graham, on it. Greg Olson. Greg Olson, thank you. Uh, with him also being gone. I mean, they've gotten younger, they've gotten faster. But mm-hmm. I mean, we need to make sure that they can all work as a unit together. So it's I would assume that 2021, 2022, that might be the year that all of this stuff starts to click. Maybe it's unfortunate because they are shedding some contracts on the de- defensive side of the ball, and I don't necessarily believe that they needed to to uh, rebuild. I mean, their offense has a, they have an above average player at every position. I believe Ian Thomas is above average at tight end, and this is about to be his third year, and that's when we expect tight ends to produce. Um, Curtis Samuel, he just hasn't – we've seen flashes. We know that he can do it, and he has been valuable for an NFL team. We've talked about it plenty of times, how a, a player can be valuable for their team and not be valuable for your fantasy team, and that's kind of what's happened with Curtis Samuel. DJ Moore has been everything that we thought he would be. Um, he had the very, very early breakout age. He hit all the metrics, um, did great at the combine, and he's produced in the NFL, and every year he's gotten better. So – on offense, they're going to be fantastic. Uh, defense, maybe not so much, and that's great for fantasy. That's exactly what we want for fantasy. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Teddy represents the pace that we want, um, but 
the defense is going to be bad and the offense is going to be good. So that's good for us. Let's talk about somebody that was associated with Teddy. This isn't exactly free agency, but uh, Taysom got a first-round tenure. That pretty much just means he's not going anywhere, right? Yeah, that's essentially what that means. And, like, in my heart of hearts, like, if you had told me that, uh, let's say, um, like, Kyle Shanahan was interested in replacing Jimmy Garoppolo with Taysom Hill, I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I mean, just think about that. I think about how much they like they run like that the the zone scheme, like getting receivers out in space, like having guys like come out of the backfield going, you know, left right, like up the gut. I mean, doing all these sorts of things. But instead of having statue Jimmy G in the background, you've got Taysom Freaking Hill. Do you remember Pat White for the Dolphins and like? what oh, 2011 yeah. Yeah. took them to the playoffs when they suck i mean how dope that's would how that be I, that's how i imagine that situation like how wild out. i mean that's essentially like what we would like we were hoping to see out of like cam newton mm-hmm. uh like vintage russ uh, like back in the day i mean that that would essentially be what Taysom hill like could do with san francisco but now he's just got all these weapons i mean you've got Raheem Oster, I mean, you've got Debo, I mean, you've got George hey, Kittle. And just restructured his contract. Man, I'm, not even, I, I'm not going to get sucked into that again. Like, I know the Jet is back in San Francisco. I will hold him on all of my squads for now, and I will reserve judgment until later in the offseason. We just need I to. I, I need him to get it to the preseason. I need him to, like, last until the preseason. But... Either way, I mean, that would be, like, the only spot where I'd be like, hey, this is actually really cool. But other than that, I mean, Taysom Hill, he, he's a gimmick. He's a gadget player. That's, that's Yeah, he'd he have to actually be good at quarterback to really be relevant anywhere else. I mean, I mean the, the, the whole thing of, well, Taysom Hill could be a, a franchise quarterback, I mean, that should have been squashed the moment that his own team turned to Teddy Bridgewater yeah. as their starter. I mean, they didn't say that, oh, Taysom, you're going to be the starting quarterback. Teddy, you're going to back him up. No, 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 no. It was Teddy Bridgewater the whole time. Like, well, that's that's all you need to know. He gets the the Lamar Jackson comp. And honestly, he's done better in the Lamar Jackson role than Lamar did in his first year. But that was kind of – Lamar didn't sign up for that. You know what I mean? No. Lamar, Lamar didn't get drafted in the first round to come be the gimmick guy. And he, you could kind of tell that wasn't for him. I mean, when he came into the game for one play and it just went wrong, like you could tell just looking at the body language, he's like, why did I just do that? Why did you just bring me into this football game? Taysom Hill's pump, man. Like he yeah. comes into the football game ready to throw the team on his back. He is where he needs to be. So I don't know why he thinks he needs to be the next franchise quarterback. I hope that the Saints bring someone in to back up Drew Brees just because that's he's not there to be a quarterback. He's there to be the uh, – I wish they had a different position. <laughs> no, I think – well, to be quite honest with you, I would have thought that um, that the Saints signing Marcus Mariota would have been like a pretty nice uh, nice sure. spot for, for him. Sure. Said another year. Uh, I mean, the size thing already kind of works in his favor. I mean, so yeah. he'd get some more tips on like from Drew Brees on how to work behind uh, an offensive line. Like being so short, he's athletic, which Drew Brees like hasn't been in a number of years. So if they wanted to keep that continuity, like with uh, you know kind of playing off like Taysom Hill's athleticism, having somebody like Marcus Mariota would have been nice to have. And I mean, a resurgence uh, for somebody as we just saw Ryan Tannehill do in Tennessee. That would have been nice to see, like having Marcus Mariota have another another chance, and especially have another chance on an already good squad, like where you have just like two, I mean, two established like alpha players at their respective positions, and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. I mean, that would have been a nice a nice landing spot, like for for a guy that I mean, he just kind of fizzled out. I mean, it just didn't really work in his favor, and I mean, yeah, I mean, Oakland, well, I guess Las Vegas actually is is fine. But I think that would have fit a bit better in my mind, like for him, because he can actually learn and improve and get versus just trying to take over Derek Carr's job. I mean, okay. I mean, I don't really care at that point. So. <laughs> right. Man, Marcus Mariota is 6'4. If he's short, I'm a garden gnome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's go on to uh, the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Oh, oh, my goodness. This makes me so mad. So essentially, 
it was a fourth round pick and DeAndre Hopkins sent and they got back a second round pick and David Johnson. <laughs> so just yeah. okay. Um all right. So great for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think anything changes. I wouldn't change his ranking on him. It's mm-hmm. fine. Um he's in a high he's in a passing offense. They're gonna pass a ton. He'll probably get similar volume, even though it'll be distributed more because the Cardinals are gonna pass a little more often. Uh Texans already passed a respectable amount, but it was just so saturated towards DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Will Fuller was always hurt, and then they just had revolving door Kiki QT, um, Kenny Stills. Yeah. So now random call. Yeah. Now random call. So he was the only show in town. Now he's got Christian Kirk to compete with. Um, Larry Fitzgerald's still playing, and he's still absorbing targets. So yeah. say what you want. I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're taking targets, you're taking targets. Kyler gets a bump for sure. I mean, you can't add three years all pro in a row. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Uh, first mm-hmm. team all pro three years in a row. That's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. he couldn't even get a first. Yeah. Uh, I have to point out uh, before getting into any of, of my takes like on it uh, was the, the, the mo- like the best tweet on this entire DeAndre Hopkins situation was by uh, our, our buddy, John Bosch. Uh, he said that Texans forgot to uncheck the uncheck the box of Hopkins when sending a counter. That's the worst feeling. I was like, that is the best, the best tweet uh, I saw yesterday, like regarding that whole situation. Oh yeah, yeah. So I thought that was absolutely the best tweet. Like, Leave it ever. to John. Yeah, but uh, I think. Well, first off, let's. I I, I want to look at it from the from the Texan standpoint because yeah. Um, Again, we'll go back to we'll go back to uh, dynasty rankings. So right now, Deshaun Watson is QB three. I don't know if I can have I can't have Deshaun Watson at, at QB three now. Like that's that's hard that's hard to justify at this point. And now yeah, like, I have a bad having, offensive line too. It's still yeah. bad. They improve literally the left side of the line, but mm-hmm. the offensive line as a whole is still bad. So yeah. So moving, I would move. Kyler ahead of Deshaun Watson because we've got it's Mahomes at one, Jackson at two, Watson at three, Murray at four, Russ at five, Dak at six. I can make the case for now since Hopkins has moved and now he plays with Kyler, I can move Kyler ahead. I could make that case. Um, Russ, Russ versus Deshaun. Uh, I could, I could see I, that's almost like it's very similar to me. Now they're in about the same situation. Honestly. Right, they're kind of the same player. I mean, I guess you're just going for age there, but who even cares about age with quarterbacks? I mean, but I guess with Russ has DK. I mean, uh, sure, and yeah, a lot of folks want it. Yeah. yeah, so I can make that case to put them. I, I can't, I can't yet make the case uh, f- to put Deshaun ahead of Dak Prescott. I think that's about like where where it sits. I could put like I put I could probably put Deshaun at five. I mean, if you're just talking situation, Dak's got a better situation, assuming he, he does signs because well, he's probably going to get tagged now, right? Yeah, he got yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's passing to Amari Cooper. He's still got the run game for what it's worth. Hopefully, more play action. Yeah, um, and Gallup stepped up in a big way. Yeah, and so, do they draft a wide receiver this year? Sure. Since they let Cobb go. And honestly, the Texans don't exactly have a choice but to draft a wide receiver in the first round. I know they don't have a first round pick. That's right. They don't have picks for a long time. Uh-huh. That is right. So that's where like Deshaun, that's, like uh, I can see him tumbling like quite a bit in, in the dynasty rankings at this yeah, point. Yeah, where do you get another wide receiver at? You don't. No. <laughs> I mean, they don't have... <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't understand. Like one, I don't understand like how Bill O'Brien still has a job. I mean, that's that's. How did he get two jobs? Yeah, I don't know how he got. I don't know how he got two jobs. To be quite honest with you, you gotta fire him for one of them after this. I well, mean, you gotta fire from both still, of them. Well, but, I mean, mm-hmm. if you fire him from one, at least he still gets to be employed. I mean, you're just sending him a message at that point. Take yeah. away head coach. Why not? I mean, they still have like. Uh, the Texans, as of right now, uh, I'm assuming this is updated. Yeah, it's updated in real time. According to Spotrack, uh, the Texans still have like over 40 million in cap space. So, so who are they going to sign? 
Yeah, I don't know. Like from a wide in like in wide receiver free agency, I mean, it didn't really seem like there was a ton out in the market anyway. The two big ones were trades. I mean, yeah. There's a few guys coming up. I think Tyrell Williams is going to be a free agent. That's one, but there's like nothing. A few, well, definitely no nothing to replace Hopkins. Names. And maybe they can try to pursue AJ Green somehow through. But what are they going to trade? They have nothing to trade, right? So <laughs> I don't. I don't know how they try and make a legitimate move to uh, continue to keep a player like Deshaun uh, at the like towards the top of the dynasty rankings. Like now. Like him at three, I can't do it. And well, I'll say they have two team running backs now. Oh, well, yeah. But still, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess I would have to agree with you that Dak Prescott, I mean, assuming that you know he accepts the tag, doesn't want to hold out, um, and he has Amari and, and Gallup, I mean, yeah, you could move him ahead. You can move him ahead of uh, – or you move Dak ahead of – uh, Deshaun, you'd never have to though. I mean, his, for whatever reason, Dak's just got a stink about him that nobody ever wants to. You would get so much more with Dak if you wanted to trade Deshaun right now, which would be very smart. I would, I would love to trade Deshaun for Dak Plus right now. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, he's always a top ten quarterback, and he's always just valued right around the the ten spot. Yeah, I think so. But I, I think that for the most part, like in, it's easier for us to project like how much that hurts right now just with the loss of such a like an awesome wide receiver and so for him it's uh so for Deshaun it's easier to move him down for Kyler it's easier to move him up uh but yeah I guess it remains to be seen I guess like how much his value is going to tumble like over the next like couple of months yeah and I'm afraid to talk about David Johnson I just don't know I mean yeah it's crazy to say I'm such a big David Johnson fan and I hope people are follow along here but is David Johnson better than Duke Johnson at this point? And I understand it's so sad to say you, you saw him run last year. Like, yeah. I mean, you physically watched him run and it did not look like running. Um, I think part of that was that he felt he needed to play um, to maintain a, his starting role. I mm-hmm. guess I get that. He was still running back one, but. Man, it looked bad at times. It looked really yeah. bad. And Duke Johnson has never gotten the opportunity that he's deserved. And yeah, he probably should have never been a three down back. I'm perfectly fine with that, but he still deserved to be in on third down. He still deserved to get have a pass catching role. So that's what David Johnson's gonna be. He's gonna be the third down passing role back. I mean yeah. Carlos Hyde's still going to be under contract, and Carlos Hyde rushed for over a thousand yards last year for the first time in his career. I don't care if you thought that he sucked; he did it. He he scored touchdowns for them. He did well. So I don't necessarily mean think that he gets kicked to the curve. The only thing is that David Johnson still maintained his ridiculous contract. Cannot mm-hmm. this if Bill O'Brien deserves to get fired for anything, it's not restructuring David Johnson's contract. Yeah. What in the world? He's getting paid like he just had 2016 yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. I like and I think the uh with the Duke Johnson thing, like I'm I'm honestly starting to wonder if we in the fantasy the fantasy community are going to have to have one of those come to Jesus meetings like where we love Duke Johnson, but the NFL just doesn't love Duke Johnson. It has to be character or something because every time he gets the ball, he does well. Yeah, and that's where it's been two separate franchises that have essentially either been unable to figure him out or maybe they see his limitations or maybe they – don't believe he can do more than what they've given him but i just think that regardless of like how like what his like his efficiency in college which was prolific mm-hmm. uh, what we saw in short spurts like when he was still like fresh into the nfl it just seems like there's there's something that we're missing that would uh prevent him from being like the workhorse back that we assume that he can be and there's always it's always going to be somebody holding him there I just or like somebody like holding him back rather. That's the problem. I, I don't even need him to be a workhorse back, especially not for fantasy. I just don't think that if you play the season out two ways, one way it's got Houston with David Johnson, one way it has Houston with Duke Johnson. I don't think you're going to notice a difference. Yeah. So you're I paying so. him a, you're paying a, him a top five, I think top three running back contract. 
Mm-hmm. And he's going to do the same thing as a guy that was already on your roster that you got for a sixth that turned into a fifth, I think. No, yeah. a fourth, no, no, no. It was a fourth that turned into a third. So you gave up, my opinion, the best player in the league at wide receiver. Yeah. You got back a huge, huge contract to replace somebody who you already had on your roster. You had David Johnson on your roster at yeah. this Obviously, 2016 David Johnson's light years ahead of Duke Johnson. And I think David Johnson, barring injury, would have been an amazing running back. But I haven't seen it since 2016 now. We have to realize that's been three seasons of nothing. And one of them was an offhand wrist injury. Mm -hmm. I understand. And I was the one screaming at the mountaintops, why are you guys downgrading David Johnson when it was his off wrist his legs weren't affected. Right. His dominant hand wasn't affected. So I was like, why wouldn't we get 2016 David Johnson? Well, guess what? We didn't. So I I can't. I can't understand. I don't get it. I think for uh, – I guess we have to offer fantasy advice, right? I mean, same thing. <laughs> yeah. Why would, he, why would he move? So in Arizona, he had Kenyon Drake, and now he's going to have Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. Um, I assume one of them will be gone. I don't think they'll carry all three. Yeah, I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's going to be Carlos Hyde that's gone, or just the, what, whichever one's more expensive. I'm assuming it's Carlos. I, I just think that Duke Johnson and David Johnson's skill set is going to overlap so much. But here's the thing. Both David Johnson and Duke Johnson could actually play out wide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it sounds Both converted receivers. Yes, they both could be in enough trouble. The team could be in enough trouble to need to utilize one of them. Honestly, yeah. the receiving core is that bad. Yeah. Uh, Isn't it wild, though? I mean, they're both, I mean, both Duke and David Johnson, I mean, the converted, converted wide receivers, but it's like Duke Johnson. I mean, David Johnson got, I mean, he burst out onto the scene with Arizona, but it's just like everybody has expected David Johnson to continue on, but it's like Duke Johnson and like in the NFL actually valued him as such. They valued him as an, as a running back, Mm -hmm. but Duke Johnson, like that, that idea of Duke Johnson being like a full-time running back, it just, it never caught on. All right. Well, we got a big one to talk about before we get out of here. Um, Probably two that we should talk about, but let's at least get digs out of the way. Like it, don't like it. Diggs is in Buffalo now, and he, he demanded a king's ransom. And he got it. I mean, this guy was talking about, or essentially hinting towards, he wanted to get out of Minnesota for the past like couple of seasons now. Whether yeah. it be tiffs with Thielen, tiffs with Kirk Cousins. Uh, well, I don't know if it was ever with Thielen. That's like I'm pretty well, sure that's true. Yeah, they were like they. Were, I think it was more like brotherly love than like his yeah. frustration between the two than anything else. Right. I don't think there was like fear on like pure on like hate or anything like that. But yeah, he seemed like really frustrated uh, yeah. with Kirk Cousins, and he was ready to he's ready to bounce. Uh, but now he goes to an offense where I can't see him getting a similar target share. Uh, so from a fantasy perspective, uh, I would say that I would drop my expectations for, for him in Buffalo. Uh, that's just from a target share perspective. I mean, we're not even going get going to get into or try and project uh, what we expect Josh Allen from an accur- accuracy perspective to be able to hit him. Uh, I mean, John Brown seemed to be seemed to do okay uh, and have like his time like working with uh, working with Josh Allen. Cole Beasley on the shorter end of things. I mean, he seemed to be okay. Uh, I mean, we mostly just like caught him in spurts, like the was it the Thanksgiving game uh, and all that on mm. how well like Josh Allen seemed to have at least progressed in the short uh, the short area of the field. But that's just more qualitative. Like that's no, there's no analytical perspective like behind that. But now you're now you're now adding in a third wide receiver. So the hope is that I mean you're basically. Uh, you should be investing in Josh Allen at this point and not any of the individual pieces just because there's so many of them now. I think you should have already been investing in Josh Allen just because you see how much a mobile quarterback is doing for the NFL these days, and they're only going to keep highlighting it. Uh, I didn't notice this before, but I I kind of see Stefan Diggs' frustration. I did not know that in 2018 he had 149 targets for 102 receptions. Last year, for no reason, no difference, um, Adam Thielen was hurt a little bit, I think in both seasons. Uh, in 2019, he only got 94 targets with 
63 receptions. So, I mean, I'd be pretty mad too if my targets dropped him as 60 and my receptions dropped him as 50. That's pretty upsetting for no reason. I mean, the same team, um, Dalvin Cook was there. How would that really affect anything? Uh, Thielen didn't miss as many games, but I mean, my goodness, that's a lot. That's a big drop off. I kind of understand why he was um, frustrated, but. Kirk was definitely a more accurate quarterback than Allen. Uh, you can say that about pretty much anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, his Kirk Cousins' completion percentage last year was, let's look right here, 69%. That's very good. Mm-hmm. And I'm pulling up Josh Allen's. It's going to be not 69%, so not so nice. I'm willing and, to bet it's not. And honestly, it's just – he's. but I think that the target share should probably be there, though. Because you're, we're talking about John Brown, and then we're talking about Zay Jones, I guess. Yeah, you know? 58.8%. Ray Raymond, yeah, 58. So almost 10 per, 11% less completion percentage than Kirk Cousins. That's huge in the NFL, especially since you want to be in the 60% range. Kirk Cousins close to 70. So, that's Well, I mean, 10% of your passes, I mean, if extrapolate that out. So if it's 10% of your total passes, um, let's say on average. Yards, 400 yeah. passes. Maybe he had 460 last year. Yeah, 460. So 46, 46 passes are yeah. off. So if a quarterback throws between 20 and 30 on average per game, so that means a full game's worth, almost one and a half game's worth of errant passes. That's wild. Is, is the difference in the teams that he's switching. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. Yeah. That's, I mean, I mean, John Brown wasn't a slouch either. Um, let's see how many targets he demanded last year because he's still there and they like him. He had 72 receptions on 115 targets. Uh huh. It's not nothing. And right. I don't expect it to change much. So, as a matter of fact, I will venture to say that that's more targets than Adam Thielen received last year, even extrapolated. Let's look at that. I bet you that he's going to a worse situation. Um, oh, yeah. So we'd have to extrapolate because Thielen only played 10 games, but he only had 48 targets in the 10 games. So yeah. that's going to be less than what John Brown got. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Diggs is excited about, to be quite honest with you. It had to have been just – just team issues because it certainly is not better for fantasy at all. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the that's the thing, and uh, it was more of a of a like a real football move right. than a fantasy football move because uh, John Brown, John Brown and Cole Beasley, they were the top two like target had the top two target shares like in the offense, twenty four and twenty two percent like respectively. So now you add in a player who is arguably like one of the best route runners like in the league now on top of that uh i mean we want to at least project digs for a 20 percent target share like thereabouts so i mean who gets pushed out who gets pushed down uh sure we can we can take out guys like yeah like zay jones who had like a meager i want to say somewhere around like 10 percent target share right we want to kick out like some of those other guys maybe like duke williams i think who's starting to come on isaiah mckenzie yeah. who's starting to come on so yeah most of those like wide receiver three guys right, yeah get rid of those guys i think a problem is that so beasley had 106 targets last year and i, I don't want to take the time to pull it up right now but i'd venture to say most of them came from the slot and that's kind of unfortunate because Stefan Diggs is not by any means exclusively a slot wide receiver, but he does do a lot of damage from the slot. And yeah, Beasley had an eight out of eight. So yeah, it's likely that they came from the slot. Yeah. So if he uh, is going to stay on the field, which I assume that Beasley will still see a large uh, snap share, he can only play from the slot. So that really, that sucks. That's why teams like, uh, that's why teams like the Bucks they like to try to move guys around. That's how Godwin got so many outside and inside. Uh, shoot, that's why Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen kind of traded back and forth. You mm-hmm. want to be able to move guys around so that they can do their damage elsewhere. Cole Beasley cannot move around. So Stefan Diggs is not going to get nearly the percentage of snaps out of the slot this year, and that's where he did a lot of damage. He's, like I said, my pick for best route runner in the game. That doesn't mean he's my favorite wide receiver in the game, and it really shows that you can do a lot of damage out of the slot when you're a uh, prolific route runner, uh, a la Keenan Allen. Yeah, I think it's like Keenan Allen, it's Michael Thomas, it's Stefan Diggs for me. 
And yeah, I think uh, it's it's a uh, it's an awful comparison to make. They just based off of I guess the uh, the level of talent that was around and what the team was able to accomplish. But I, I want to I'm looking at this the same way that we looked at the Patriots, like in their heyday, where yeah. it was where it was uh, Edelman, where it was Gronk, like where it was like three different running backs, where it might have been uh, one or two of the other receivers playing on the outside, where it was Tom Brady had like six or seven different guys that he could rely on on any play, on any week. So it was just easier for folks to invest in the quarterback versus trying to invest in any of the pieces outside of Edelman and Gronk because we knew that their target shares were were fairly sticky uh, year over year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that uh, the the saying goes, this is from uh, Uncle Rummy, uh, that you, you invest in the syrup and not the pancakes. And I think with the way that the Bills are building their squad like right now, where you have, I mean, three fairly established receivers and Beasley, Smokey, and now Diggs, Dawson Knox coming up. Singletary actually proved to be a pretty decent receiver out of the backfield. Frank Gore is still there, even though he does not really known as a pass catcher. But knowing that uh, the Bills are more likely to run, given their uh, given their play action or their uh, play calling tendencies, mm-hmm. that it's just that pie becomes smaller. So if there's anybody that's going to get the most benefit from adding a wide receiver target, it's probably going to be Josh Allen. Sure, this is huge for Josh Allen. I thought he was already on the up, but now he's going to be too expensive for my taste. Um, like I said, I just want the game breaker. I just want he's going to if if it's if it's close to the end zone, he's just going to figure out his own way to get in there, and that's the kind of quarterback I want. That's the Cam Newton that I invested in year after year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it varies a lot of similarities in the guys. I mean, neither of them are all too accurate either. Obviously, Cam Newton was more accurate than Josh Allen, but mm-hmm. big arms. Uh, that big arm will do well for Stefan Diggs. I mean, he's known as a technician, but he's a very fast guy as well. Sure. Uh, so I, I think it's great for Josh Allen, great for the Bills, for overall fantasy relevance from the Bills. I mean, we're going to get some some cheap value in DFS from them this year. Not necessarily great for Diggs. I mean, by any statistical measure, it's not going to be an improvement for Diggs. So if you can buy him cheap just because I think he's the best route runner in the league and I think he's going to be happy now, uh, go for it. Yeah, for sure. That seems to matter. I mean, Odell Beckham seems to only be good at football when he's happy. So Mm -hmm. it obviously seems to matter. Yeah. This moved Josh Allen up in the QB dynasty ranks for you. We've got him at QB eight uh, behind Aaron Rodgers and ahead of Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I'd rather have him than Carson Wentz for sure. That's the one I was going to flip, but I guess that's already done. Uh, Jared Goff's probably behind him now too, right? Yep. So who are the guys between Kyler and Josh Allen? Uh, see, so it goes Kyler, Russ, Dak, Rodgers, and then Josh Allen. So easily over Rodgers. Um, Rodgers hasn't been the QB7 in a long time. He hasn't deserved that spot for a while. Uh, and then we'll have a conversation about Dak. Then you'll have a conversation. I mean, they're just better quarterbacks ahead of him, honestly. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard to crack that because he's just in a great situation. Um, and he's a game breaker, like I mentioned, but he's also just not a good quarterback. So I can't move him ahead of Russ. Uh, I can't move him ahead of Kyler. So seven's probably right where he belongs, but easily over Rodgers. Yeah, I think I'm, I agree with that. And again, I think it's one of those where let's let's try and invest in the guy that's going to get the biggest bump for this. And based off of the way that they're, I mean, gosh, then just in free agency alone, I mean, the Bills have they've definitely upgraded their offense, like with tacking on a guy like Stefan Diggs. But they've been making some additions to their defense as well. Man. Which is already fantastic. I'm excited. Yeah, which has already been like a top six defense like and in the league. For the first time in 20 years. I would, yeah, I mean, I'd the Patriots dynasty is done. I mean, yeah. I, I need to put money on them to win the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably time to put in a bet like that. And or too I, I think, late. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, it might be too late now. Leaving. Yeah, yeah. But all right, what else we got? Like, or Do we have anything else we're yeah, going on out of here? Yeah, the last thing before we get to the mailback show is uh, Rivers to the Colts. I mean, we talked about it before the show. I don't think it was smart at all. I, I view Rivers and Jacoby Brissett as very similar players. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's even younger. Jacoby Brissett's on a team-friendly contract. We just talked about how um, 
we basically applauded the Colts for getting a what is it, fifteen million a year for two years for Jacoby Brissett. That was smart for both sides. It was smart for Jacoby Brissett because he said, "Hey, I'm going to get." paid in the NFL. He finally got his opportunity to make real money in the NFL. He didn't get stingy. And the Colts locked in a quarterback for the next two years who knows their system and who has done fine, admirably, um, in their system. I don't know why you're getting rid of him for Phillip Rivers. You're going to pay Phillip Rivers more money. You're only getting one year out of Phillip Rivers. And now Jacoby Brissett's probably going to go somewhere else. So I don't get it. I don't know why they did it. But I don't think it really affects anybody either. I mean, uh, not, I was going to say maybe T.Y. Hilton, but T.Y. Hilton's going to get open either way. He's a field stretcher. Maybe maybe Rivers doesn't have the arm to get it to him anymore. That could be a problem. Uh, but honestly, T.Y.'s value's been in the toilet anyways. He's a great buy. So I don't, I don't know what to say other than why did you do it, Colts? Yeah, I'm not – I'm not entirely uh, sure, like what the I guess, and we talked about this beforehand. I mean, if, if it's a if it's a true like business standpoint, uh, in terms of you know they want to try and put like butts in seats or something like that. Uh, I don't, but even still, like what is Philip Rivers in terms of like how does he excite a fan base? Like I don't I don't really see that happening. Uh, but right. there were I, I would I would say that there were a number of weeks like within the 2019 season. Um, at, at least uh, I'm looking at a couple of write-ups that I did for four for four, like because uh, I did the streaming quarterback uh, column for them. And uh, week seven, uh, I mean Jacoby Brissett, like he finished as, he finished as the QB four. Uh, I remember he had at least uh, two or three, I don't know, three or four rather, like top twelve weeks, like while he was starting. But either way, I think the important takeaway is that Jacoby Brissett was functional. He was getting better. I mean, despite the fact that, I mean, T.Y. Hilton was down for, for most of the season. Eric Ebron was apparently playing hurt for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Jack Doyle was, like, coming back from injury. Uh, yeah, lacerated he missed Yeah, he missed some Prepared games. Uh, they brought in Devin Funches. Then he wound up going down. Didn't play. Not a snap for them in the regular season. I mean, how many, how many players are you going to take away? And then, oh, by the way, a month before or less than a month, like before the season starts, your, your franchise quarterback is going to, is going to retire. I mean, it's just, he was put in this impossible situation and the team still wound up performing. I think fairly well, I think sure. uh, they were at least in the playoff hunt until probably, I think like week 13 or 14, it was like fairly late in the season. I think when it became clear that they weren't going to make it. Right. But, but either way, I mean, and sure. I mean, the Jaguars were imploding. Yeah, seven and nine. Okay, I yeah. mean, I, for for the situation that they found themselves in, I don't think I could have asked for for much better. Uh, but I'm I'm not sure like what this and especially the way that they were building their team. And we talked about this beforehand. I mean, they were, I mean, shedding a number of contracts. They were making they were angling so that they had plenty of cap space. Uh, the following season. So to me, it seemed like they were building their team the right way, investing in. Line. Yeah, like investing in offensive line and not trying to invest too heavily into the wrong position. So it's not like they, uh, you know, invested a ton into Marlon Mack, uh, Jordan Wilkins, uh, Jonathan Williams. I mean, but they were still able to get good production out of each of those players. So it's just they were building their team the right way. And then they make this seemingly lateral move to go from Jacoby Brissett to Philip Rivers. To a much older, just not... Even, I mean, he, a guy with like we 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 saw him on that like, we were talking earlier the Mexico City game where yeah. it just looks like he's just lobbing up ducks and he got picked off like four times against the Chiefs. I mean, it just looks like he doesn't have it anymore. To be honest with you, he, he's right. a great quarterback. But honestly, did you think that you were bringing a Super Bowl? I mean, your your best wide receiver is T. Y. Hilton. Love T. Y. Hilton. As I said, I think he's a value in dynasty, but he's not going to play sixteen games ever. You've got Paris Campbell and then Darius Fountain. You know what yeah. I mean? Jack Doyle is going to be his number one target. That's going to be f- fantastic for fantasy for Jack Doyle. Um, get him in best ball for sure. Yep. Uh, hopefully he looks at Naheem Hines how he looked at uh, Austin Eckler. That would be nice. Naheem yeah. Hines has done well in the past, especially in the red zone. So that would be nice. But I don't see really any difference. This is like earlier how I said 
if you played the two seasons out with Duke Johnson and David Johnson, are they going to be different? Probably not. Same thing with Jacoby Brissett and Philip Rivers. You could have saved $10 million and kept Jacoby Brissett for the next two years and got the same production. Maybe a playoff berth, honestly. Yeah, I don't I don't see why they wouldn't have tried to uh invest in like this like this incoming like quarterback like draft. Yeah. I mean with we've got at least three to four good like legitimate like uh legitimate prospects and maybe two other like you know fringe uh like fringe prospects that they could have invested in or I mean they could have waited until the twenty one class if they really wanted to. Right. They don't I mean, I, have that first by the way i just remembered they traded it for deforest buckner oh that's right yeah so they might that was the 13th overall pick i mean and they could have gotten somebody there or they could have just held with jacoby Brissett. i'm not sure like what the uh i guess what the upgrade that they see in philip rivers is going to be so much better than jacoby Brissett. i i didn't see it i mean instead of letting and especially for the price tag that they wound up paying for rivers why wouldn't you just let Brissett continue to develop and then wind up making a move in the 21 draft or something like that? Or, I mean, if they really want it, well, I guess like uh, Jameis Winston or like, or even like Marcus Mariota sure. or something like I mean, that. That would have been way better than going. You just invested in a one-year dead end. So right. now they're going to have to draft a quarterback, but they can't draft a quarterback because they traded for DeForest Buckner. And DeForest Buckner's fine, uh, but – the 13th overall pick in this class probably would have been better than DeForest Buckner. I understand the bird in the hand. Um, you'd rather have the guy that's actually produced in the NFL. He's young. Um, he, the 49ers were very smart to trade him because they've invested in their defensive line in the first round for like literally the last six years or something like that. Yeah. So they were smart to get a first round pick back for one of their five first round off uh, defensive linemen or whatever. Or maybe it was nine first round. Defenders for the 49ers, something like that. But they were very smart to be like, okay, maybe we don't need nine first round players on the defense. So mm-hmm. they got a 13th overall pick. And I wanted to spend the Hurts narrative just because I think he's going to be a huge value for anyone that gets him outside of the first round. And they don't pick until 34. So, I mean, that's the second pick in the second round from Washington. I just don't I don't know. If he does get to the second round, then obviously he's probably gonna be there at the second pick in the second round. But mm-hmm. does he get to the second round by the time the draft comes around? I don't think so. I don't I think he's gonna you know, Lamar went thirty second overall. I could see something similar for Jalen Hurts, but maybe. That would be fantastic, you know. If yeah. if they could get Hurts, um, maybe it makes a little sense because Hurts probably does need to sit maybe a year. But um, if they could unlock his potential in the NFL, he could be an excellent player. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Actually, real quick on Jordan Howard, Derek brought up a great point earlier, so I will convey it to the show. In the past probably four years, there have been a team that has invested mildly into a running back and then have drafted a running back in the first three rounds, um, a la the Mike Davis last year and then drafting David Montgomery – Carlos Hyde, um, and then drafting Nick Chubb. So it's happened a lot in the past. And I think uh, my way to contextualize that is that these teams recognize that running back is a need, so they have to fill the need in free agency because if they do not get uh, one of their guys in the draft, you can't just reach, especially for a running back if you're a good team, you can't just reach for a running back because you need one. Uh, That's not how you should draft. That's drafting for need, and you're wasting a lot of value when running back isn't even a valuable position. So I think some of the smarter teams are taking these backs at a 5 to $10 million a year, kind of like Tevin Coleman, and they're still looking to replace them in the draft. So if anything, bringing Jordan Howard in for the Dolphins, to me, triggers that the team recognizes it as a need, and they have been extremely active in free agency in general. So I still think that you should be looking at the Dolphins as a top three running backs uh, spot. And I think they're still going to be getting mocked DeAndre Swift. Mm, yeah, I like that. Yeah, me too. I like that. Okay. All right. So, uh, I mean, that's just our thoughts. I mean, we've been rambling for like, gosh, it's been like, a, we try and keep these short, but then once we start going, it's like hard. An hour, it's hard. 
Yeah, an hour and like 15 minutes passes by. Uh, but we thank you guys for, I mean, sitting down and listening to us, like go back and forth tonight. I mean, let us know what you think. You can obviously find uh, us on Twitter, myself at Chris Allen, FFWX, Adam at AP Wildy. Uh, we'll see we can, when he can chime in, in between changing diapers and whatnot. <laughs> we'll see how often, uh, Adam can actually like help you guys out like nowadays, but either way, uh, look for more of these episodes, uh, types from us like here in the future where we're just kind of processing our thoughts as events like this happen. I mean, we've got another big one happening here within the next month or so with the draft occurring. Uh, we'll likely, I mean, we'll definitely be bringing in some more guests uh, with folks like Jesse Reeves. Uh, I mean, be sure to check back here within the next month or so because after the rookie index drops on April 6th, uh, he will be coming back in order to do like a free giveaway uh, for the rookie index uh, yeah. for you know a lucky listener. So we'll definitely get some more details out for that. Uh, but in the meantime, I mean, yeah, we will be we'll be talking to uh, Peter Howard. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, J Mike. We'll be talking to I mean, insert dynasty personality or analyst here. Um, and you will be able to find them on the show at some point here in the near future because all these voices, all these opinions, all this analysis, uh, we want to make sure that at least you can get some sort of sense of direction and also get the their thought processes behind uh, the recommendations that they're making so it makes sense to you. So uh, with that, again, we thank you all for sitting down and uh, taking a chance to listen to us tonight. And uh, catch us on the DLF mailbag, which we'll be recording here shortly. And I guess we'll catch y'all next week. Peace. 101 pick when it hits you, feel no pain. Praying for the fantasy championship. Hit the books, kid. Read this pamphlet called the Dynasty Owner's Manual. It's automatic. Dynasty. It's automatic. Owner's Manual. It's automatic. Dynasty. It's automatic.